friends, welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my brother in the wing, uh, Scotch Carry and Shit Talking, uh, Irresponsible Pilot and <laughs> Alex Maniac Marshall, sorry, Alex Dandino. <laughs> Oh boy, that would be my call sign if I was in this movie. Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> All right, guys, a little business before we get started here. Uh, if you like the show, and we hope you do, please take a second and leave us a rating and review wherever you're listening to us right now, especially if that happens to be Apple Podcasts uh, app. Yep, yep. We've actually seen some of them coming in. It uh, means the world to us. Thank you. We got Very a lot nice. this Very last uh, week or two. Um, it really warms our hearts every time we get one. Uh, thank you, guys. It really, really matters to us. We're seeing the effects. Thank you. Um, on that vein, also, you may see our faces as well as hear our voices on our YouTube channel, Nerd Alchemist. So go there. Uh, tons of fun stuff coming up. We're always working on new ideas for that. That hopefully by next year will be a fully functioning YouTube presence as well as a podcast presence. Uh, you can get at us on every social media you're on. We are active on social media. If you reach out to us, we will uh, hear you. We will respond. We will talk to you. We love interacting with you guys. Thank you. 100%. Also, you may email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. If you just want to talk, ideas for movies to, uh, for us to cover, new and old, double features, uh, theme for a month, guest hosts you'd like to hear us talk to, anything like that. As you guys know... Every December, we stuff your stocking, so you might as well get your uh, fan selection in right now. We will pick probably about eight of our fan favorite uh, submissions, and we'll do as many as we can. So get in with your best suggestion right now. Uh, we love doing December. That's a great reason to contact us. Yes. Also, guys, another heads up. We are but one week away from October 1st, which means our horror movie extravaganza is about to begin 31 pods in 31 days. Every day in December spooky season, we will dive into the dark abyss that is the horror genre. Uh, we have some fucking outstanding guests who really were a delight to talk to, brought their absolute uh, thunder game to the show. Uh, and we will be covering all of Scream, all of Halloween, all the Candyman, and the entire Evil Dead series, not to mention The Shining and Dr. Sleep. On top of all of our guest shows, it was quite a workload, but we cannot wait for you guys to finally hear that. It's going to so, be awesome. Yeah, be prepared. It's going to be a lot of shows. Stay with us. Uh, hopefully, you guys will enjoy that as much as we have enjoyed doing it. All right. I stalled as long as I could. You sure, finally, there's, no, sure there's no other business we can get to? <laughs> yeah, there's no other business. It's, it's time to nut up, as they say in this movie. Time to drop my big man balls. And Battle in Space and Wing Commander. Uh, the final entry in Alex's um, self-created BFF trilogy. It's a thing. Freddie Prinze Jr. and Matthew Lillard are fired into space like so much uh, debris. It's a thing. To guys. sink other alien uh, civilizations. Alex, when we started this show, uh, but two years ago, I figured it would take us... Over a thousand episodes, at least, before we're like, Wing Commander? Maybe Wing Commander? <laughs> I thought so, so why too. Why don't you go ahead and uh, why now? What are we doing here? Start us off, Alex. Friends, 
654 <laughs> years after Summer Catch. Are you doing a Kennedy intro like the movie? <laughs> Friends. <laughs> Friends, we go to the moon because it is hard. We will go to the moon. Because, sorry. Um, 654 years after the delight of Summer Catch, eons have gone by. Pilgrims, Kilrathi, space guns, all kinds of stuff has happened. But the friendship has been passed down from generation to generation between Junior and Lillard. They find themselves in this movie as one Christopher Blair and Todd Maniac Marshall. <laughs> this is Wing Commander. Uh, that, that might be one of the best intros I've ever done. I mean, yeah, hype. That was lit, as the kids say. Um, now, that was the best part of the movie. The movie we watched was something. It was interesting. Again... This BFF trilogy, uh, while a, a thing that you created, you've loved, you've been on me to do this one for a while, it is testing the very conceit of our show, which is we really do try to pick movies we love and absolutely just gush over them. True. This is probably the least WAP of any movie we've ever got, but... I do think there's some moments where you can pull some interesting uh, tidbits, especially yes. as connected to the other two BFF movies. What about this movie works for you, Alex? You know, it's interesting because, like, She's All That for me has always been pretty good. Like, I've always enjoyed She's yeah. All That. These are these last two, Summer Catch and Wing Commander, are always the hardest to justify. They're the <laughs> ones that I, like sort of enjoy watching because I just can like kind of yell at the cam, like yell at the screen and just sort of talk through it and not really pay attention because quite frankly, the plots are kind of dumb and foolish in a lot of ways. But this one particularly, I saw this the first time like on pay-per-view, not pay-per-view. Sorry. That means I paid for it. Um, I saw this probably I did today, 2020. I mean, am I right? We both just paid for it today. I saw this, I think, when we, uh, I was probably like 14 or something like that with my dad. We were like watching HBO, and I was like, oh, Wing Commander, what's this about? And we got through it, and we were just like, that was atrocious. Let's watch it again, because it was on one of the other HBO channels. <laughs> so it's to me, it has this charm of my thing is always going back to it and watching it and being like, what exactly about this movie makes me want to keep watching when all of it looks like borrowed set pieces from other lesser science fiction films. And not only that, yeah. but I have a lot of trouble getting to the part where like, I really care about any of these characters, but again, and this is something that I've had to, I'm actually adjusting this BFF thing entirely because of watching this movie for this pod. I do firmly believe that this no longer really is the BFF trilogy. This is the Matthew Lillard dragging Freddie Prince Jr. through three movies trilogy. Like, cause <laughs> let, let's be honest. Matthew Lillard is a fucking star in all three of these movies. He is standout in all three. So and you're Freddie, saying that this is a midnight run and Freddie Prince Jr. is Charles Grodin. I think that's what I'm saying. I mean, <laughs> it's bizarre to think it that think it's bizarre to think of it that way. But I think the these movies are all about the power that Matthew Lillard has as an actor, and or, he summons all. Or of is it about uh, the shade that Freddie Prinze Jr.'s cheekbones offer him to act like a crazy person? 
I mean, he's not bringing leading man energy. Let's be real. He's not bringing leading man energy at all. And I mean, that's the thing is who's going to pick that up? Like, first off, you have to have leading man energy in a movie like this. So who's going to pick that up? No, other there, than Matthew Lillard. There is almost <laughs> this might be the most Freddie Prince Jr. movie ever because essentially what they're like asking him to do is hey stare at people and or space with your mouth open <laughs> and like because there's a scene that caught me a little bit off guard right because you could see the pieces of what they thought they were making right besides yeah. just a very clear star wars knockoff that looks like star trek and other 90s era sci-fi television shows right. like my grandma and i used right, to watch right yeah we used to watch a lot of, you know, Farscape and all that stuff, like these really, like, 90s sci-fi things, right? And that's what this film looks like. It's one of the least cinematic science fiction films I've ever seen. Yes. But there was a moment that I was just like, oh, this is what we're doing, right? So the movie has this really fun thing where they're like, what if we examine racism through the lens of Freddie Prince Jr., right? Yes. Freddie Prince Jr. So Freddie Prince Jr. Jr. is the descendant of, I don't know, well Pilgrims. direction navigators of some kind. Yeah. So essentially they are the Moanas of space. And because of that, they're racist towards Freddie Prince Jr. constantly. Yes. They have two other just real Winkle Voss, like butthole face white guys that always are like mean mugging him. Right. So you're like, oh, those are the really mean white guys. And then Freddie Prince Jr. is our. He's our put-upon minority lead. What the fuck? But the best scene, right? Because this is when I was like, all right, they're going to start getting into this pilgrim shit. And all right, all right. Freddie Prince Jr. goes into uh, Paladin's room. Right. Right? When we think he's just like an Obi-Wan, he's like, oh, it's sweater Obi-Wan over here, right? Like, use the pilgrim. <laughs> no, no, you got to do, do the right accent. Use the pilgrim. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a little more. Use the pilgrim. He has flinch. Use the pilgrim. No, that me, yeah. So, yeah, that Lambert, that's what I said. That's what I said. Everyone thinks Lambert's Scottish because he was such a believable Connor McLeod. That's neither here nor there, right? So this motherfucker goes into Paladin's room and he says, hey, when he's clearly like 35 years old. Yeah. Hi. Everyone's giving that shit about being a pilgrim. What's that about? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. so you've been getting, you've been experiencing racism for your entire life. In very close circuits, right? The biggest ship, let's say 500 people, right? right? The absolute biggest fucking spaceship. 500 fucking people. And you never thought, like, I better get to the bottom of why these guys are picking on me and razzing me. So bad. I mean, but he literally says, These people are treating me like shit because of my race. Yeah. What's up with that? Well, and I was like, That might be the most quintessential Freddie Prince Jr. Because I do feel bad for him almost. Because you hear him in Star Wars Rebels, and you're like, that's a really good performance he gives on that show as Kanan. And then you see him in these other movies, and you're like, they just ask him to do things that he can't do. You can't have him be the man. Hey, yeah. can you um facially show us what it looks like to grapple with deep-rooted racism? <laughs> here, ask me some questions. Ask Here, we'll do an example. For those of you on YouTube, we'll do this. To, give me a <laughs> Ask me two questions that you think I should emote for, and I'll do the Freddie Prince Jr. right now. Sure. Freddie Prince Jr., do black lives matter even in space? You're not giving me much, Freddie. Yeah, I see your nostrils flare. Um, Freddie, Freddie. Hello, is this on? Is this on? You are planning on having uh, oppressed people on your oppressed people game show, right? No, it's like, 
It's but that's weird. what I mean. It doesn't. It doesn't. Weird. Make, that would be the equivalent of someone coming to me and you and being like, "Hey, can you solve all this America shit?" And be like, "I think we are the wrong people to ask. I think yes. there are people with more experience in this who have actually dealt with this. Maybe you should go there." No, no, no. We got it. We're Freddie Prince Jr. We got it. Well, as long as uh, Matthew Lillard is doling out yucks to the circus steals, right? Well, right. Then we're fine. We can do. That. I mean, you've really honed in on the scene that's the most problematic in the entire movie is. Why do we give a shit about Christopher Blair? Blair? Oh, well, he's half pilgrim, so he like is this put upon guy, but he has sort of this preternatural ability to I don't know navigate wormholes yeah. or whatever. Okay, cool. Christopher whatever. Mary Sue. So then we get to that scene, <laughs> and I always remember the line: "Ever since I was a kid, I've been taking crap for being part pilgrim, and I don't know why." And I'm like. First off, <laughs> weird line read. So he went through an entire program of space. He went through he, he, has, he went through the entire academy, like red books, spent time with history. Right. Never bothered to learn anything but about the people the he thing. came This is what Christopher Mary Sue Blair is in this movie, right? Imagine if Batman, right, sitting in the blood of his parents, pearls bouncing off his face, right? His whole life shattered like that necklace. Just said, weak, bruh. Went back to the mansion and just played Fortnite and drank Monster Energy drinks. And then at the age of 36, he fucking used his hoverboard to loaf his fat ass down the mansion steps to Alfred and go, my whole life I haven't had parents. What's that about? What's that about? Like, that's what, that's what Freddie Prince Jr.'s character is in this movie. It's pretty is My parents died in a war. My parents died in a uh, war that I never bothered to read anything about. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand why. <laughs> It's this Everyone little, called my house an orphanage. Not cool. Not cool. It's this little upwards inflection thing, and I'm just like, why couldn't we have done another take there? <laughs> like, that's one of those. This movie is filled with just, like, oddly regrettable things that happen in science fiction movies. Because clearly there was some sort of budget issue. So everything looks like a submarine. I'm like, we're in space, guys. Um, All right. Well, take away, take away the aesthetics and the weird hats they had to wear. Take away all that, right? The hats with the laminates on them. I don't want this to be Michael Jordan at the end of Space Jam. Us just dunking from across the room. I'm not dunking from across the room, but I have to point out at least one thing about this, which is it's weird to me that everything is built like a submarine when they're in space. I don't think there's anything wrong with no wings, but. No, no, no. no. Because this is. It felt like they were trying to make the movie Red Tails, but they're like, fuck, we've got space and Freddie Prince Jr., and they did what they could. Because that's it. You're immediately struck by why are we still using machine guns yeah. on spaceships? I don't know a lot, but why I know still... that you probably don't want machine gun bullets bouncing around and ripping holes in the hole. Why are we why still... are our spaceships shooting bullets? Yeah, why are we why still spaceships... using physical loaders to load yeah. up missiles? Well, like, here's a question, right? So, like, when Matthew Lillard's girlfriend, Rosie, gets it, and we'll get to that, when they're like, we're coming in too hot. I, I literally was screaming at my TV. I was like, it's fucking space. space. I was like, cut your fucking thrusters off. You could go and either someone way. someone can come out with a rope and drag. Like, stop. Just yeah. fucking. Or but this is the thing. Veer this movie anything. does every. But, okay. So before I, I stop, I'm going to stop screaming. I have been drinking a little. That's all the dunking. We, stop that's all the dunking we need to do here. We're, we'll get over that. This movie does a couple things really well, right? It does. Weirdly enough, there was a scene that sent absolute shivers down my spine. 
And I was like, this movie is capturing the horror of our new space-based universe, right? Could you imagine you have the shittiest job ever of uh, not wing commander, but wing bottom bitch, whatever the titles are, right? So let's imagine you're that butthole-faced other white guy pilot, right, Hunter? So you're just sitting there, butthole-faced guy. You're like, oh, this is all it. I've got the hair. I've got the butthole face. I'm white. I'm not a pilgrim, right? Why am I here, right? I'm not wing commander. I'm wing basic bitch. Right. And then all of a sudden, you're sitting there like, man, Mondays, am I right? And you turn around and just see these fuck boys, Matthew Lillard and Freddie Prince Jr. walk in. He jumps on a table and starts talking shit. And then Matthew Lillard and Freddie Prince Jr. threaten to beat you up in a physical fight. I would just go, my ancestors were right. We should have kept our feet in the soil. (laughs) What a horrifying. I would rather be on a ship with the xenomorph than turn around and see Matthew Lillard jumping on a table doing his Flavor Flav routine. But this, this really is what this struck is. When you are in space and you are alone. You are really surrounded by these horrible people, right? Saffron Burroughs, horrible person, right? Uh, Buttface Hunter guy, horrible. Matthew Lillard, horrible. Freddie Prince Jr., close your mouth. You're taking up our limited <laughs> oxygen. It's space. Uh, the commander guy who just always has to have his name yelled before he makes a decision. And then angry German guy who you're like, don't cast the most obvious shitty racist guy, right? Like, don't cast a German to be the space racist. Yes. Do better. But that's what I was like, imagine this is the world they actually live in. Yes. And that actually made me scared. I was like, oh, my God. They were reinforcing this theme of as we humans leave space, right? As you always think, oh, the universe is going to expand to us. New horizons, new adventure. You're like, no, the universe gets this small. Every spaceship in every movie is the Lord of the Flies Island with jet boosters. Yes. And that's what this movie really drove home to me in an enormous way. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that's the other thing, too, is, like, you realize, because it's interesting, like, Star Trek, for instance, always takes the stance of, like, oh, because we were able to explore new worlds and the world beyond worlds, you know, there's no, like, there's no racism. There's no all these other things that, like, plague humanity and that kind of thing. This takes the opposite stance entirely, which is, like, not only are we able to explore, but the people who explored pissed us off so bad when they were exploring <laughs> that we are so fucking bigoted towards them now. Like, we well, can't let's, even let's thank real. them. We can't even thank them for it. Let's be real. Wing Commander is a photon torpedo in the bloated sack of horseshit that is the USS Enterprise. The entire mission of the Enterprise has always been a lie, right? Because I've, I've been fighting the tracks for a long time. Always and I'll admit, I'm an old soldier, right? I've seen too much. During quarantine, I started uh, Next Generation out of just sheer oh, yeah. desperation. And it kind of slapped. And so I fucking smacked my hand and I was like, no! Oh, Next Gen's like, awesome. Yeah, I was like, not you're not Picarding quarantine. And I fucking smacked myself, got my wife's whip out and had at myself until I started watching Star Wars again like a good boy. But that show... One of the things that turned me off is when I was a kid is I was like, is everyone in Star Trek just the biggest, dumbest puss, <laughs> right? And I know I sound like a fool now, right? Because Star Trek is beloved, whatever. 
if you think we're just gonna float around and send down some fucking condescending bitch like Picard <laughs> and some fucking knuckle thrower like <laughs> Captain Kirk, and these races are just gonna be like, dope. <laughs> I am really glad Starfleet is here. You're out of your fucking mind. Wing Commander says, a group of us who were better thans, right? Right. Let's call them spatial elites, right? Instead of coastal elites. Yeah, spatial they elites. Went and, yeah, they went and did the thing where they held their hand to the stars like Moana mm -hmm. and genetically learned equations, I guess, is what this movie says. That's it. Like, these guys were <laughs> exceptional at math. Right, because they're just like, what can we make that's like the Force but way worse? Um, how about quantum equating, right? One of our first cinematic scenes is when the ship is being pulled into a, a quas black hole. Quasar, yeah. A quasar, right? Whatever the fuck the difference is. Because uh, Matthew Lillard's a dumb fuck. And the cinematic scene, right, is oh an extreme close-up on Freddie <laughs> Prince Jr. just going, kick, 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 like how I used to try to spell boobs on a calculator. Yeah, no, it's exactly That's what, what they showed in, in a multi-million dollar movie. They plastered upon big screens. It's like, let's watch someone use a Texas instrument in space. <laughs> and that's what they did. That's neither the here big nor there, right? moment. So these spatial, yeah, these spatial elites are out flying around, and all of a sudden they're like, yeah, we're better than you. We have space Priuses. We're better. And then the rest of humanity's like, hey, fuck you. And they came up and started making it worse for everyone. And now we're on ships with just shitty, horrible yeah. people. Right, we're on shift. And that's with... what Wing Commander kind of does, right? right? It makes sense that we're still using our guns. We're still clinging to our stupid fucking guns. Right. We're still clinging to all this shit. We have no connection to space. We have to try to compute it because we don't feel it. But more than anything, you are stuck on this ship and absolutely tied to whoever the dumbest fucking moron is. You could just say, like, imagine your home. And one day you turned around and you're trying to feed your son his mashed up whatever the fuck. And Matthew Lillard jumped on your table and he's like, what's up? You want to fight in front of your kid? And that was just your life until you ran out of air and died. Yes. That's horrifying. I mean, that's wing commander is what that is. I mean, that's. I understand. That's what I'm saying, though. But you are right in saying that what wing commander does very well is build its universe of hatred and you know yeah. like deceit there is this yeah. like really fascinating like everybody who's in charge of something all like deeply respect the pilgrims yet are still like fully on board with the like skeptical races the pilgrims well like david Hunt, uh, just paladin Paladin. well paladin is one that's why yeah he's the only one like, and then the we only... find out later He's like the only pilgrim left, which, by the way, if you didn't know that from the beginning of the movie, like, I don't blame you. You right. probably weren't watching the movie in the first place. But, like, it's painfully obvious yeah. from the beginning. Well, no, that's the that's the cinematic equivalent of at the end of White Men Can't Jump, Woody Harrelson pulls his face off. Right. And is actually a black guy. Right. Exactly. That's what they tried to do in this movie. But every like uh tolwin who's the guy the guy who plays like the the physicist or the geneticist in uh, teenage mutant ninja turtles mm -hmm. like he's like he doesn't the, care for explorers at all he doesn't care for them but he 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 knows that he sees them as the necessary evil that they are 
That's a very does important. Does he? I'm going to ask you to name one scene when that's true. Because he asks to speak to Christopher Blair in the very beginning of the movie, knowing full because well he's half Pilgrim. they're the only fucking people close. Because he knew. That's the other horror of the film. Is he could like, get that to them. Imagine this when they're like, oh, fuck. We're three hours behind the cat fleet. Right? <laughs> the hairball's going to hit the fan. Okay. In two hours before we get there. And they say... Who's the closest agent that can save the world? By the way. And it's Matthew Lillard and Freddie Prince Jr. What? Yeah, that is another thing that I've forgotten from this movie. Because this movie in general is just like pockets of of entertainment to me. I forgot forgot that the overall plot line of the movie is literally like, oh, no, we didn't set our clocks back two hours. So now we're all fucked for like... (laughs) No, they're behind on the cosmic charts. They're behind on the... No, that's the thing I was like... That's what I'm saying is like this whole thing hinges on people showing up on time. This little movie is about punctuality. And that is like to me like. I would say that this is something that Ryan Johnson jerked off to no less than 85 times when coming up with the slow speed pursuit of The Last Jedi. Because all it is is people telling me numbers and how many hours behind that will make them. Rather than, hey, why don't you put a uh, space Moana on the main ship? And they're like leaping from place to place, battling and fighting like an Indiana Jones setup. Instead, it's just like this movie could have just been called Map Quest <laughs> to yeah. name something that is also from the same well, era. It's like this movie. this movie could be called Ma- <laughs> Map Quest versus Google Maps or like Map Quest versus um, what's the other no. one? Ways. This is this is Map Quest versus your angry dad who's just like. I'll fucking find it. I'm not pulling over. No, no. This is Angry Dad versus Waze, which was built by the Pilgrims. Because Waze is always the one everyone. You got to use Waze when you're in town. Like LA. I need one of the, fucking emojis and side streets. I'm gonna fucking honk and like, flip my way up. LA is one of those cities that's like that dick measuring <laughs> contest of uh, you know different kinds of uh, directions. You apps. guys are the Californian skit. What's that? You guys are the Californian skit. It's one of the best SNL skits because it's exactly true. Oh, yeah. Well, that no, that skit is 1,000% true. But then there's this other th- part of it that they don't have in the skit, which is people actually dick measuring, like, which directional app they use. Like, I prefer Waze. Google Maps is pretty much better. Google Maps and Waze literally are the same thing. Like, it doesn't really matter. What matters is that the word you use, that's what you're, like, sort of cool with. And that really should have been what the point of wing commander is is like how do you like do you get a pilgrim on board to like skip trace the whole thing you know and instead yeah. it ends up being this weird sort of character drama about people who don't actually give a shit about each other dude there was that cool scene w- cool scene there was that dope scene when they invaded the uh the litter box right they invaded the litter box and freddie prince is just mowing Every time he turned around, it's like, and they whip out their little metal claw, which was actually cool. The retractable little cat claws. I like people who design their uh, entire species armor based on the cosmetics of what they already have. So instead of being like, hey, what if we just invented missile launchers on our shoulders? No, we already have these claws on our These cat claws are where we're we're at here. Let's have really tiny cat claws. So just in case we get close and they don't shoot us with their fucking second amendment machine guns i'll scratch his eyes good right right so anyways they mow down these cat fucks in the hairball <laughs> and there's like this uh tendril coming from the ceiling right and it looks like someone has knelt 
like bent over. And in my mind, I was like, oh, my God. The pilgrims went out to space, and they've all been co-opted and turned into navigational systems. Which would have been cool. For this other species. Absolutely. And I was like, that would have been cool. Also, it makes no sense because you're like, so all these other more advanced societies have been in space for a lot longer than us. They don't have the Moana skills. Right. Neither here nor there. But also, it's like they don't have a way to know where Earth is. Well, actually, never figured out where. Okay, it's interesting (laughs) that you is because this time watching it, I was listening a lot to um, Paladin's dialogue because Paladin is the one that they always give the expositional stuff to because he's French. Mm -hmm. So he says it in a cooler way. But (laughs) the thing that I noticed this time only you could smoke in space. Yeah. Oscar. Oscar. He would have won one for sure. Like, but the thing that I noticed the most this time was he brought up like. In that pivotal moment when Freddie Prince Jr. asked, well, why does everyone hate me? That kind of thing with that inflection. Exactly. Um, he sorry, I can't get over like that. I, that what? really bothered what? me today. Um, but in that scene, he talks about he's like, yeah, the, the pilgrims, they lost their humanity. When you're out here long enough, you lose a bit of yourself. I'm like, was there a like thread? That I was going to miss. Like, was it like cut out of the movie and we were never going to get it again? Was there a thread where the pilgrims were going to end up being the cat people? Or I thought that, too, because when they first showed the the base invasion, right? Right. They're kind of these, like, big, bulky, suited whatevers, right? I thought that was going to be the story is that those were the pilgrims, right? right? We've been fighting a war against the pilgrims. And then once they bust in the doors of the litter box, I'm like... Oh, we're doing skinwalkers set in my beloved home state of Indiana, but in space. That's fine. Right. They're literally just bald cats. Yeah. Which, by the way, I'm totally for the annihilation of bald cats. Yeah, uh, fine. Hideous, soul-sucking beast that should not exist. But that's True. neither here nor here. But yeah, well, because that is the thing the movie does well. Is you're like, of course everyone loses their humanity out here. Right. Because this whole movie, I was like, yeah, I would hate ever. I would go fully ape shit out there. Because they have that scene when Matthew Lillard is hooking up and they're, uh, you know, it's like, hey, remember, everyone you know and love will be dead before you ever get back, right? Because they're traveling at different speeds away from Earth. They'll age differently. You're never getting back to Earth when you sign up. So these are all of the leftovers of our society, right? Like, you'd have to imagine all of the worst people are funneled up into these floating toilets that they send off to fight the litter boxes, there it is gone right so these are bad people but when you think the kind of people who would sign up to go away right because the first people that went everyone is racist towards right right so you're like cool i can go into space and learn how to moana granted everyone will be really racist to me and it'll take me 36 years to ask why but you know cool life choice yeah (laughs) or they have nothing left to lose right they're not bonded to humanity period right and there's this thing in the movie that i actually thought was kind of cool because it was so stupid it actually almost works perfectly right which is when they sat in the the ss charlie chin which i was like maybe not the best easter egg right to do a charlie chin space reference or whatever uh and that was the boss man right i think that's what was painted on his right. ship was it's like the ss charlie chin instead of chan i was no, like he was no, he was lieutenant commander chin not charlie chin I thought it said Charlie Chin. I was like, worst Easter egg of all time. If Lieutenant Commander Chin. Well, I thought because Matthew Lillard was sitting in a vestibule of previous racism. I was right. like, that makes sense. 
It's fair. Anyways, <laughs> so when they go in, they're like, don't you say his name or we're going to fucking fight over Chase. And he's like, you tell me why. Tell me why. No one's telling me why. Right? Tell me things right to my face. I can't intuit. And Saffron Burrow's like, what's your problem? And he's like, tell me what happened. I'm doing this whole. I don't need to do the dialogue of the scenes. I'm sure we've all watched. I actually, this times. actually, I really enjoyed your interpretation of Saffron Burrow's line. You're going to have a problem with me. <laughs> What's your problem? And it's like, what happened to Charlie Chin? And it's like, well, we fucked a bunch because it's space, and <laughs> now he never stop existed. Saying Charlie Chin. <laughs> I'm telling you, I think that was painted on the ship because this movie was trying to Charlie hammer home Chen. racism. It's not Charlie Chin. I hope it's not. But if someone told you that that existed in Wing Commander, would you believe it? Oh, absolutely. This movie yeah, is exactly. literally this movie is literally about the exactly. racism that exists in space. I agree, and I'm not saying I'm pro Charlie Chan. I'm I think that's bad. We should do better in the year 26 whatever. 2654. 600 is, years after yeah. Summer Catch. Oh. My fault, fucking timeline nerd. <laughs> timeline Moana over there just calculating on the fly. <laughs> So what I'm saying is, though, she has this thing is this guy I love and used to fuck a lot died. He never existed. And this was actually the thing in the movie that I liked the most. Pretty cool. Because it is such a stupid, stupid, one more time, stupid concept. Right. But I it's so stupid. I was like, I guarantee you. That the writers of this film found that in research from an actual war. Yes. And I you think... can imagine that these people who have no attachment to humanity, they all feel like parts in this giant space machine that gives them all life, on some level buy into that. And it leads to one of the only true earnest character moments, which is when Matthew Lillard is like, did you play that stupid fucking game with me? Great moment. I can still taste her. You know what? He didn't say that last no, part. That's that probably what he was part, thinking. But that was good. That's you know, actually, yeah, you know what? I bet Matthew Lillard did throw that. In, like, all right, let's get another take, but not that gross thing you said, please. <laughs> it's not gross. It's from the heart, bro. No, no, no. Only my just, love sits on my face. Just read the lines, please. Yeah, he doesn't have any facial hair. I don't, anyways, we're just getting so derailed. But what I'm saying is that idea of whoever dies doesn't exist mm -hmm. was so weird and insane that it actually works really well for wing commander it does Because what you see all the time in war movies and space movies is when someone dies they get lionized and become this idol right this perfect version of themselves right and now whatever we do it's for the good of them and their space ghost is guiding us to it right and this movie just says i prefer my uh space characters not captured and dead right but that's exactly what, like, that insane, stupid concept that originally comes off very, very poorly. Like, yes. when it's explained, and again, there's so much yes. expositing in this movie. And I feel like it's one of those things people think you need to do in some sci-fi movies, which is explain the world around you. I'm like, if you just show me, I'll figure it out. Like, some things, yeah, explain. Like, Well, also, they did so much exposition. And I still have no still idea how really we came know. into like, contact with giant fucking space cats. But again, that's neither here nor there with Wing Commander. But yeah. the expedition, the expedition, jeez, exposition given for this particular conceit of the film 
only works and only becomes relevant because of the moment you're mentioning, which is when Matthew Lillard faces his only consequence in these three movies, by the way. Yeah. Which we have to this, talk about. This scene is an absolute hammer scene, yes. right? This is uh, the big one swinging, right? The big ball swinging in Matthew Lillard's vocabulary. Because this is the first time in three movies that playing the exact same horrific character who tricks you with the charm and a wink into the satchel only to do that again with probably your sister, mother, and or friend and give you a complex for the rest of your life. This is the first time him behaving that way has caused a lady to die. Because in all the other movies, we just have to wonder how Freddie Prinze Jr. is disposing of the body of our lead female character. (laughs) Right, exactly. In this one, we see... We move on very quickly. Matthew Lillard gets her fucking killed and bulldozed out in the space. Yes, which is, again, one of those, like... This is another reason, like... Freddie Prince Jr. really doesn't have to do a lot in these movies, but Matthew Lillard is doing so much heavy lifting to make sure people know that there are actors in this movie. Like, yeah. he's going back and forth between emotions. He's but imagine kind of that scene, how good Lillard is, but though, he, right? But that's what I'm getting at. Like, so he has all this back and forth. Like, he's got the quippy lines. He's got the kind of goofball mm-hmm. charm. And then he turns it all off while he's like, like, it's honestly really decent acting to watch someone scream at like conveyor belt guy like i could see the whites of her eyes don't do it don't do it you're like all right like i'm in <laughs> also that great this moment, thing I'm in about this matthew lillard's character right is he's our only human who's super attached to humanity right yes he's so very connect- he knows to bring scotch he wants to actually throw knuckles he wants to do all these very human things right he wants Big Todd to get the WAP. He's all in on real human experiences, right? Just even the thrill of acting like a fuckface during battle, right? That's a very human thing, right? This this thrill seeker thing. Uh, him wanting to run out into space because, like, I'll save the girl I just fucked, even though you would assume, based on Matthew Lillard's character, there is a fucking space fleet left behind him of these women he's done this to. It was pretty interesting. The cool thing they added in is you're like, there's one character in this I really like and want to fall back on. It's just his nonstop, constantly reinforced uh, racism throughout the movie. Pretty rough. Which even in that moment when his best friend saves his life, he's like, you fucking pilgrim. Don't touch me, pilgrim. And even before he's like, hey, man, I'm like your best bro. Um, Can you hide your heritage? Because yeah, it is the, that was harshing like, my vibe. <laughs> the Academy, you told me you'd fucking hide that thing. Why do you have to fucking wear it all the time? And to be yeah. honest with you, I don't fucking disagree with him at all. How? What? Hide his true culture that he hasn't cared about for 36 years? <laughs> exactly. There's a big fucking problem there here. There is a bit of Freddie Prince Jr. as cultural appropriator in this film, for a sure. A little bit, like. But, to be honest with hey, you? Matthew Lillard, wait, here's, a, here's a thing I would have asked of Wing Commander, well, right? Chris, I wasn't asking much of this film. I don't think anyone uh, was. Maybe just don't make Matthew Lillard another racist. We have so many racists on the ship. I don't think he was being a racist, actually. I actually think... He says, hide your pilgrim cross, and then when his friend tries to save him, he goes, get your pilgrim hands off me. I'm going to go the other direction here and say that what he's actually doing is telling his friend, stop culturally appropriating something you've spent no time researching. You literally were the child of one of these people, sure. and you've chosen sure. to do nothing about it sure. except for antagonize everyone by wearing sure. that fucking cross around all the time. The necklace scene, sure. 
But I will tell you this. If I saved you because the girl you had just pumped and dumped was now burning wreckage out on the space runway, which you don't need a runway in space. You can also. Neither here nor there, right? Also just pull if the I saved in. you from running out of the airlock and you turned to me and said, get your Syrian hands off of me. Would, we would probably not be friends anymore. I don't think we would be either, and I wouldn't blame you. But I also don't think you're... But see... That's the same thing. No, it's not, because you wouldn't have spent an, a lifetime, and not only that, an entire time in an academy where the heritage that you grew up with mm. is constantly thrown in my face. It's like, wow. these people are the greatest people ever, and then they turned on wow. us. If you weren't... If it wasn't constantly dealing with that... And then finally, sure. I was like, can you please, sure. like, not antagonize the rest of the people mm-hmm. by, like, just wearing that shit around? Like, it's like. Wow. It's, cool, Alex. I'm all glad I've is, been able to white it up long enough for us to be friends. Wow. All it is is Christopher Blair antagonizing <laughs> everybody else in Starfleet or whatever it's called. Hey, man, I'm sorry that me and Freddie Prince Jr. being what we were born to be. It's just too much for you guys. I'm no, sorry that it's an Im- no. impotence on you. You know who kept it under the. You know who kept it under the whole. Uh, you know who didn't need to like be all out there with it the whole time. Yeah. Paladin. Paladin's a fucking naval intelligence oh, officer. Oh, I see. I see. So as long as we fit your mold of what we're supposed to be, the explorers and the Syrians. Don't as long ever as say we, that again. <laughs> as long as we can submarine ourselves into your fucking white expectations. Oh my god. No way. You and Lillard. You and Lillard. This is horrible. No, very different. Again, if Christopher Charles Blair Barkley was just antagonizing everyone all the time, ta- Christopher Blair literally spends the entire Why, movie the antagonizing everyone. The only reason he's antagonizing everyone. everyone is because he never closes his mouth in the whole movie, which is off-putting. Exactly. And he won't shut up about being a pilgrim. Literally, everyone brings it up to him, and he's like, yeah, it's fine. My parents are dead. Thanks for bringing it up, dude. Like, every single minute he gets, he oh brings it up. God. I'm like, hey, man, quit being out on Front Street about that. Relax. Everyone knows you're a fucking pilgrim. Uh-huh. Get over it. Yeah, sure. You haven't had to carry the burden of being a pilgrim slash Syrian your you, whole life. Okay, first off, there's no such thing as a character in the movie that's a pilgrim slash Syrian. That never comes up. So, Well, I'm saying I really related to that journey, having to no, you don't exist in your white cultures. No, you don't at all. I do? No, because you're not an antagonizing Some. asshole who goes to Starfleet Academy and get, brings it up to everyone constantly. <laughs> It's like I mean, he- I would have said I am until you hit the Starfleet Academy because <laughs> I'm claustrophobic and afraid of heights. But <laughs> either way, I either way, I, I agree that everyone's a racist in space, apparently. But what I don't yeah. agree with what I but I understand. wouldn't you assume that's how space would happen eventually. Well, sure. But I also understand like why Matthew movie. Lillard's telling him, can you please like not fuck with everyone about being a pilgrim? Like, just be cool right. about it for a day. Who did wait? See, this is this is the thing because you're not in the lens of a Syrian slash pilgrims. You're not a Syrian slash pilgrim. You're just a Syrian guy. I'm just a Syrian guy. Yes. Wow. Now I know how you really feel. <laughs> this explains a lot. Oh, just me over here. Just Syrian guy, Griff. Sorry, well, Alex. Mainly because pilgrims are a fake thing made up for a video game that became. We're a all movie. pilgrims in our own worlds, Alex. But neither here nor there. Douche. Uh, who oh, did he? God, I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> Oh, who did he enter? Well, I will say anything to win. Uh, I'm also shameless. I'm a pilgrim. I'm serious. No. <laughs> this is what I mean. So in his own world, right? Right. Who did he antagonize in that scene when it's just scotch and chess and sexual innuendo? Nothing. The guy sees his cross because it happens to fall out. 
No, no, no. If I remember. Hang correctly. on. It starts because okay. Actually, I, I want to. This is actually. He doesn't really, pull his cross out and burn the butthole face guy with it no. to start the fight. Well, hang on. There's an important thing that. So first off, actually, this is like a thing that I've I was, I've never noticed this today until today. I was like, <laughs> wait a second. So the uh-huh. reason this whole like confrontation starts and the reason like his shirt gets ripped and his cross falls out is because butthole face Hunter is like, you're talking about a guy who never existed. Like he's kind of giving him shit because yeah. they're doing this whole like people who die don't exist thing. Yeah, you're like I saw his racism like, spaceship. I literally outside. saw his you're racist lying. spaceship out there. What are you What are you yeah. talking about? And he's like, come on, and everyone's like really quiet. No one is gonna fucking explain it to him until after he has this confrontation and Saffron Burroughs has to take him outside and give him the worst explanation of all time. But everyone just like sits there and wants to fight him simply because he had a question. Like that's like the bigger problem I have with with Wing Commander is that yeah. in this new frontier in twenty six fifty four, you can't really ask any questions. You just have to wear your laminate hat and walk onto the spaceship and just be quiet the entire time. But, you know, we'll not even that. I mean, had they no, not no, no, no. come in like a fucking t- a dick tornado with the scotch and climbing on tables, perhaps they would have gotten some intel. But They're see, not really clever. Here's a problem. He didn't come in like that. Matthew Lillard. Came How in about like that he's chari- charismatic, well, right? Yeah. And he is just the fucking open mouthed fucking face boy of the duo here. Let me ask you this. Why does Saffron Burrow have such mixed standards? Oh, yeah, dude. Why does she just let... Did Saffron Burrow essentially pull the trigger on Rosie by letting her get real cavalier with her attitudes? Maybe. I mean, to me, the whole conceit of Rosie and Maniac going out there to just shoot some people. I mean, Rosie... I like that part. Fast romance in a dangerous scenario, a dangerous, empty, hollow scenario. But I mean, again, it's one of those things where you see it and you're like, man, you kind of made your bed, didn't you? Like, ultimately, you don't really feel (laughs) as bad because you're like, you pretty much knew what you were doing. Well, you're not going to sleep with those butthole face guys. Like, right. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is like she went out there and put herself in danger and she really kind of knew the deal. Like that was ultimately the problem. First off, she did not put herself in danger, right? She got the WAP, and then she went and did her job really well. Right. And Matthew Lillard is afraid of the fact that she's better than him at everything. And he directly, he might as well have flown his own spaceship into her. Matthew Lillard is 1,000% responsible for Rosie's death. I'm not saying Matthew Lillard's not responsible for Rosie's death. I'm saying that Rosie is an adult and fully aware of what she was doing, and she decided to put herself in danger anyways. She was fucking and doing her job? Isn't that what we're all doing until we die? Her job was to go out there, take down the Kilrathi, and then report back to the ship. She disobeyed a direct order. They were about to get jumped by those two Kelrathi. No, they, they had to engage. They did. If Matthew Lillard would have just taken the shot they when he had it, only engaged when they decided that the Kelrathi only engaged when they were heading towards them. They went out and were looking for a fight. It's very different. Hey, they didn't want to take one in the tailpipe. They were gonna get they shot. They weren't going like we to get said shot. In the, when we were doing the death scenario foreplay earlier with Saffron Burrow. Right? She's like. Newsflash, gear fly. She did like a Dwight Schrute on his she ass. Did. She right? definitely Dwight Schrute. And that was like their meet cute, right? Was she was doing Dwight Schrute Battlestar Galactica trivia on him. Yep. That was their meet cute in this movie. 
Which, by the way, again, uh, yeah, no charisma between these come, two. Hey, Matthew Lillard could have pulled the trigger. Two more litter boxes gone. Everything's fine. I'm telling he you. He had to start swinging his balls around. I'm not saying Matthew Lillard is not. I'm not saying Maniac Marshall's not culpable for swinging his dick around and getting someone killed. What I'm saying yeah. is, is that they went looking for trouble and they fucking found it. No, they went looking for love. In all the wrong places. Including and the litter box. She found a guy who only loves himself and his own balls. Well, you know. That's what she found. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> and now she's smoking wreckage. Um, yeah, and then some stuff happens. Um, <laughs> we have, like, the worst scene ever, which is where we're supposed to feel bad that he leaves his girlfriend, air quotes, in the wreckage. And then I found out that Mark Hamill was the voice of Merlin. What? Which was just... Yeah. Get Mark the fuck out of Merlin. here. Yeah. Oh, my God. Isn't that just like the most overkill use of a voice actor of all time? I hope he got paid to be Freddie Prince Jr.'s computer. Money. Yeah, just just woof. an insane amount of money. A whappable uh, amount else of happens? money. Freddie Prince Jr. tricks a spacefaring nation of Thundercats. Yep. Into a black hole that everyone can see from a fucking really far ways away. Yep. Um, I like to think this is the start of the Thundercat series and that third earth is after like the third, the second war with the Kilrathi. Uh, they're, they're like, what's hot? I'm losing our litter boxes. Look, you know, Kilrathi. Ho! I think at the end of and the then day, they, they inhabit the fucking burning wasteland of our planet. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing too, is I think the Kilrathi almost show up to earth and like, forget it. And then yeah. they fucking fly away. But let's think of this though, right? The ending of this movie is actually a perfect summation of wing commander. Which is where uh, Saffron Burrow gets found by the trash man. Uh, he brings her in on the delirium or whatever the fuck that's called. The diligence. The, it, the indignation, yeah. <laughs> yeah the, so he brings, brings her in on the indignation. indignation. <laughs> yeah. He's like, whoo. Hello, I found your uh, Hello, girlfriend. Hello, I found your girlfriend. Here, let me I put her know. down on this top of this space trash and she would just very cool. Yeah, what you think has happened? <laughs> and then uh, he finds her and she's like, yeah, is that an order or a command? And, and they, they kiss, kiss and you're like. Oh, good. Because I would say this, though. I am amazed that it took Freddie Prince Jr. going all the way to space to find the one person he had less, less sexual chemistry with than Jessica Biel. I know. Oh, my God. So I at thought the end when the they kissed, time. think of this, though. It's like, so you saved the entire human species, perhaps, averted a war, and at the end, that really pitiful kiss... And probably horrendous relationship that's going to end badly is all you get for it. That is the perfect space ending. True. It's still weird to me that, again, we've been through a two of these three <laughs> movies. And I guess really she's all that, too. I'm trying to think if there's a movie where Freddie Prince Jr. has great chemistry with his leading lady. and I don't think there's one that exists. No. But Rachel Lee Cook and she's all that is so overwhelmed she is a quasar pulling us she in she is absolutely wonderful that he gets like the splash over attraction but. jessica beale and saffron burrows just don't do it for me in their respective roles they've been wonderful in other movies including deep blue sea and <laughs> i don't know what else Texas chainsaw Bill. massacre yeah there were some good ones seventh chainsaw heaven massacre thank you chainsaw massacre seventh heaven massacre <laughs> yeah i've seen that yeah, right. Um, yeah. I mean, there's just not a <laughs> lot. A joke. Look, I'm going to pull it back. Yeah, no, but <laughs> look, Wing Commander is not Wing Commander and Summer Catch. Like, 
as I said at the beginning of the show, they're not. Tie this up with your trilogy, though, right? We can't end as sad as that Prince Jr. and no, Saffron Burroughs Because kiss. it's not what it's Wrap about. Wrap this up with your trilogy, though. Why is this a fitting end to the BFF trilogy? Because it's set 600 years in the future, for one. So you know that their friendship has lasted <laughs> and been passed down. So chronologically. From, passed down from father to son. I assume these movies take place in the same universe. What if... That's what Pilgrim was, or Pilgrim, or Paladin. What if that's what he's talking about? He's like, he's not luck, he's genetic. Oh, What's genetic shit. is that What's genetic his tie is with Lillard. Freddie Prince Jr. and Matthew Lillard, they're like, they're like, uh, they're like uh, Rava and Vatu in uh, Legend of Korra. Yeah. They have to be together. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Sorry, I just got done finishing Legend of Korra, so I'm like, I'm like on that so kick good. right now. But yeah. Okay. It's I'm, so good. But that's exactly what it is. Like the BFF trilogy is about a friendship that <laughs> transcends not just years, but also yeah. social classes, genetic distinctions, space all cats. kinds of things. Space, space, space and cat lives, like all kinds of stuff. And I think the important thing about this trilogy itself is to point out that if you're just going to be a handsome know-it-all, you have to have a friend who's funny, charismatic, and also consequence-free on a regular basis. To get you through it as well. <laughs> you gotta give me more than that. You gotta give me a hammer pitch for why we watched Wing Commander and paid for it. What do you mean hammer pitch? I mean, look, the end of the day, <laughs> these movies are not necessarily great. Okay? I would never put them in categories of movies. But they they hold a place in your heart. They hold to a the place point, in my heart because which fair over a year. For one year of our lives, you've said, uh, every time I'm like, what should we do next month? You're like, BFF trilogy, question mark. This has been on your mind for a while. Tie this up. I mean, Why these three want... movies have stuck out in your mind? Why do you love them like this? Because because these two actors because these two actors are very entertaining on screen to me for one but also honestly it's just a bizarre thing to be it's a bizarre thing to notice in this world when actors do these kinds of movies like here's my thing always when it comes to these movies specifically like she's all that <laughs> i get it it's my fair lady who wouldn't want to be in that movie fucking ursher's in that movie why is he or is, is he? he exactly or was that or was that Freddie Prince Jr.'s first appropriation? Oh, that's true. But again, why Summer Catch and Wing Commander? I have to know, and I've never found a satisfying answer. I have to know why these were the other two movies that they decided they would be in together. I mean, there's obviously that. Okay, like money is the obvious choice. <laughs> but there is a, like I, I went I went and researched today because I'm like there's no way this was the movie they signed up to make like when you look at movies like this you're like the same thing I felt about Summer Catch I'm like there's no way this was the script they signed like well that's a yeah. banger put me on did they want to make Space Pearl Harbor with right. cats right so what, what like so I read I uh, found um I found on the Wikipedia actually Freddie Prince Jr. is quoted <laughs> and actually I, I sent you the I sent you the uh, <laughs> I sent you the quote because it was so fucking funny. He's like, like, man, fuck this movie. That's the paraphrase. Prince later said, I can't stand Wing Commander. I can't watch one scene of that movie. I read the script and loved it. So did my buddy Matthew Lillard. We both got the parts. Yeah, we know. <laughs> Thanks for telling us. Another bunch of exposition we don't need. We went on location and they said, here's the new script. It was a piece of shit. Okay, so that means that the original script, which, by the way, I found online. I'm not sure I'm going to read it because I don't care enough, but... 
Like that means you care enough to download it. You'll peruse. That means the original script was so good. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, that was it. That means the original script was so good to Freddie Prince Jr. and Matthew Little that they were like, we gotta be in this movie, and maybe there's a way we can both be in it together. Like they understood the chemistry they had. So they, they thought decided this was a franchise. They thought this might be their franchise. They thought Summer Catch would probably little be just they a fun know, one-off. Little did they know they were franchise bound with For Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. Which again, see, that's the, the thing. They fought cats and teamed up with dogs. It all right. it was written. Well, here's <laughs> as the they impl- say in Slumdog Millionaire. It was written. Well, when people always ask me why the Scooby-Doo movies are not included in this grouping, and I'm like, it's because Scooby-Doo is its own thing. Perhaps these three movies led to Scooby Doo. Perhaps they built that. Perhaps Todd Maniac Marshall and Christopher Blair barreled through a quasar, found themselves on the other side of it in a new timeline, landed on Earth, and became Shaggy and Fred. Crazier things have happened. Because he got Rosie fucking broomed into space, he just he became an anti sex. Comfort eater. Drugged out, just high constantly. That's his life. Yeah. And Freddie Prince Jr.'s Fred is hiding his stabby cross under his ascot. Kerchief, yes. Which, by the way, I was like, they must not have understood the rule of Chekhov's stabby cross. Yeah. Like, when Paladin whips out that little blade, I'm like, oh, that's going in a cat's eye. Right. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. He stabbed no one with that cross. What the fuck is that thing for? Apparently, I actually read this online. Apparently, that was supposed to be something he stabbed. There was a subplot that was totally cut from the movie where someone was a traitor, and he was going to stab them with it. Never, yeah. Never Chekhov's, uh, Chekhov's racism cross. I was like, well, missed that one. <laughs> Either Cutting way. Cutting room floor. Yes, these three movies are not necessarily the cinematic achievements that anyone would have hoped for but nevertheless no, but what's important is what's that important? they've left their mark on your mind they did. And part of what's film alchemist is it's is why do movies that seemingly shouldn't work just have that effect on us i don't know what it is like this is the same thing like whenever we've watched movies that i ne- there's movies we've watched for this show that i'm like there's no way i'm going to enjoy this and it's left <laughs> and it, it's always left an impression on me and i think that's the important thing about the reason we do this show is more than anything it's not about what's good and what's not because there's movies we've done that people have objectively told us are terrible i don't really give a <laughs> shit because it's my show but regardless the thing about these movies is that they are always a, the thing about why we do this show is because the movies like this, where it's just stuck in my brain. Like I see these yeah. two actors in a movie and I'm like, Oh, of course. And I come up with some ridiculous theory as to why all th- the, all, why all three of these movies are united into one single trilogy. That's the film alchemist right there. The same reason what is that shit called in star Trek, right? The Hakuchi Mara. Kobayashi Maru? Karu? Kobayashi Maru? Kobayashi Maru. Sorry, Trek, guys. I was busy getting the girls and watching the wars. Not fucking learning nerd computer programs. <laughs> Just, it's so funny. I remember I took my wife to see fanboys in the theater. Right? Because I was like, I really want to see this. And my wife watched it. She goes, oh, my God, that guy reminds me of you, and I hate it. For Dan Fogler, because he just only lets her listen to Rush and wants to, like, fight Star Trek guys. <laughs> Has long hair shit. I was like, oh, no. But anyways, yeah, the 
the Hubiashi Maru, the Scooby Maru, the Scooby Doo Maru, Scooby Maru, Scooby Maru is where they give you an unwinnable test, which is so fucking stupid. It's if someone dies, they don't exist. Level stupidity from <laughs> the smart science fiction series Star Trek. Right? You have to learn. Sometimes you lose. Yeah, cool. That's what I want to do. I'll just fucking murder myself every day I have it. So, like, the start of every Star Trek episode, they're like, oh, our jet engines don't work, and oh, our fucking phasers don't vibrate, and our fucking teleporter's down. Guess I better kill myself because of the Scooby-Doo-She Maru I learned in flight school, right? So, stupidest fucking thing in science fiction is that test, right? And they're like, oh, Captain Kirk cheated it. What a maverick. I'm like, what? Nonsense. Neither here nor there, right? Right. I forget my larger point. I forget my larger point, right? But essentially, you got to uh, not lose. You got to not lose. I think the important thing about movies like this is that... <laughs> I can't believe I just totally lost Yeah, my wow. Life. You were really on one, and now you're just That done. was the unwinnable analogy, because in my mind, I was doing this uh, Citizen Kane, right? You know, I, I, I fancy myself You do an fancy Orson yourself Wells. an Orson Welles type, even though we both know I that's fancy myself an Orson Welles for the people. That's why I've been gaining weight and smoking Yeah, I fancy cigars. you an Orson Welles and, you know touch of evil that's <laughs> you fancy me as orson wells as he was at the end just eating butter and smoking cigars which is not that far off doing pickle but commercials i had this whole thing the scooby-doo maru right where i was like oh maybe i'm saying that the bff trilogy is an unwinnable thing that we have to learn to accept i think that's exactly reach what the is. stars we have to just accept that these three i wish movies i would have i wish i would have man and Man. honestly, I found out the other day. I wish that I would have finished that analogy. It was going to be good. I honestly found out. The, I mean, this is what we really could end on. I found out the other day that we could have watched Summer Catch for free. I'm sad we spent one ninety nine. That's <laughs> on Facebook Messenger. Yeah. What kind of Putin plot is that? <laughs> Let us find Let out those which fucking is, uh, idiots uh, watch this movie again. Let us find out which American fuckboy secretly <laughs> likes overweight Americans women. And we will steal their overweight Midwestern ballots. <laughs> oh and then God. all of a sudden he turns into a giant. Dude, maybe that's why. Because Indiana is the home of the Skinwalkers, right? Why not? That's a cool movie. What a fucking. But either way, Wing Commander completes <laughs> the, the trilogy. That's the second time I mentioned Skinwalkers on this episode. Jesus Christ. <laughs> either way, Wing Commander completes the trilogy. If you feel so inclined, you could watch all three of them. I wouldn't. But, you know. How dare you? If you're bored one day, this is a great thing to watch three in a row of. I'm not going to lie. It's shockingly more entertaining trilogy than you will think. Because I'll maybe this is what I was talking about with the Scooby-Doo Maru. Is sometimes you go into a movie and you know real fast. You're like, man, my $4 just down the drain. You're like, this is not going to be like a fave, whatever. And you're faced with the unwinnable scenario of, do I be a prick and just turn it off so I can go to Twitter and be like, ha, 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 because I have a film degree, I turned off Wing Commander. Ha, ha. Right. Or do you force yourself to stare down the darkest butthole of cinema <laughs> and find a sparkle? Find that one gleaming thing. Like uh, Mary Zach Blaine himself. Doot, 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 doot. Just fucking typing in coordinates as cinematically as possible until you find something you like in these movies. And that's what we did. That's exactly what we did. So we cheated and beat the Scooby-Doo Maru. We're very Kirk-like that way. 
Also, we would fuck aliens. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, for real, I would. I absolutely would. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a problem with that. All right. That's the end of the BFF trilogy. Uh, that is not the end of the month. Nope. Uh, Monday. Uh, I hope you guys download our episode earlier this week. Predator, also a uh, very in-depth space movie. So two in one week. You're welcome. Really fun listen. I really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, Monday, Rachel Reeves destroyed it, as I figured she would. Monday, we have an interview with the director of a film called Fried Berry. His name is Ryan Kruger. Uh, awesome guy I got to talk to all the way from South Africa. He was nice enough to spend some time with me. We talked about his process, taking a very popular short film, getting it all the way to the uh, the film festival and midnight circuits of film festivals, man, and the fact that his movie might become a cult classic. So Ryan was a really interesting guy. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. Next Thursday, I think, is October 1st. That's when our horror movie marathon will start. As always, leave us a rating and review, especially Apple Podcast app. Find us on your socials. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Nerd Alchemist. Email the show, Pod at gmail.com and if you're a Trekkie you can catch these hands <laughs> no but for real though no. fucking Borgas bitches <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>